On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a hiking. He was walking down land through the sugar candy. He was looking for his liking. And as he strolled along, he sang a song of the land of Middle Canada. Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. I'm your host, Gizmo. And this is episode 14, Families That Hike Together. I hope everyone's been having a good week. I've been doing fieldwork for my current project at work, and I've been spending long days outside. This is the first field job I've had in a long time, so naturally it uh, comes up in late July, which is a time of year known for being lovely and temperate in southern Arizona. But, you know, I'm out here sitting outside, long pants, long sleeves, steel-toed boots, hard hat, sweating. And I was just so happy. It's so nice to be outside. Uh, Speaking of working outside, Sina has left the trail and gotten a job with the summer camp, so she too has been working outside. Let's hear from her. So the things I do for you, I literally like climbed in the mosquito-ridden forest. I climbed and climbed to get (laughs) self-service and hopefully it doesn't cut out. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So why don't you tell us where you are? Um, Where I'm at, just like physically (laughs) (laughs) or mentally. Both. Okay. Physically, I'm in New York. I'm working at a summer camp um, for about a month, maybe a month and a half, just depending. Um, And yeah, so at least it's an outdoors job. I just wasn't ready for like a nine to five just yet. Uh-huh. Just the thought of it kind of made me even more sad. <laughs> so I looked online for outdoors jobs, and they happened to be hiring, even though, you know, summer session had basically started. I took a red eye and arrived, like, for the first day of camp. So it was pretty intense. And it's been going good, so I've been able to kayak, and I finally had a hike, my first hike since I got injured um, just a few days ago. So... And I, I, my foot stood up pretty well, and uh, I'm really excited. I'm hopeful. I'm now thinking maybe next year I'll, you know, go for the PCT again, but I don't know how financially that's going to work out. But so that's where I'm at. Um, mentally, spiritually, I, I think I'm still a little bummed. You know, I have a lot of friends who are still on the trail, so seeing their progress. Don't get me wrong, I love seeing their progress, and I love that they're still on trail. Um, but it's making me very sad, selfishly so. Um, but you have to keep your spirits up, and I think that's why my foot's healing so fast, is just because I'm not paying it so much attention, and I'm moving around, and I got to work with kids, so that's really fun as well. Um, yeah, and I have some other th- stuff planned as well. I'm possibly, after this, going to the Sierra's, uh, with a good friend of mine who's going to go climbing and I'd go hiking. So I'd get my dose of the Sierras. And then after that, for my 30th birthday, I'm thinking a rim to rim hike at the Grand Canyon. Okay. So 
Yeah, so I'm just trying to keep myself busy. Sina is not the only one who is off trail, aside from myself, of course. Kim Chi is still on a hiking hiatus to allow her foot to finish healing. But before she went off trail again, she made sure to send me a bunch of awesome interviews with hikers about their trail families. What is a trail family anyway? Like many other new thru-hikers last year, the amount of community that was out on the trail was a surprise to me. Even after my hike, it was a surprise to me. I had expected when I got home after my thru-hike to spend a lot of time feeling bummed about not being in the mountains every day, about not being outside, about having to go back to work, but I was completely caught off guard at how much I thought about the other hikers. Which is, I mean, that was silly, because I'd spent a lot of time thinking about them while I was on the trail. You have a lot of time to think, and I'd, I'd be walking down the trail thinking to myself, man, I wonder what happened with Medicine Man and Monique. I, I left them at those switchbacks, and I just never saw them again. Or, you know, I wonder if Dan and Sarah ever, ever took trail names. I wonder if Blues Man's going to catch up with us. You know, where is he on the trail right now? Is Teal going to get back on trail? Has Switch gotten over her stomach flu? Who knew these dirty, stinking strangers with worn-out shoes and burly calves would make such homes in my heart? This episode is dedicated to all the trail families out there, to all the sisters and brothers of all shapes, sizes, and ages who make homes out of each other's hearts. Sometimes it's for two days, sometimes it's for two months. Did you ever go to summer camp and make a friend in a week that you thought about for years? It's the closest thing I can think of as a comparison. Through hiking is sort of like summer camp for big people. And, and the people you meet, they stay with you in a way that other friendships don't seem to. But let's hear from our hikers and see what they have to say. Hey, this is Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail, and I am here with Tick. Tick is pretty infamous on the Appalachian Trail. He's known far and wide. He's Canadian. And this week we're talking about trail families. So he's a great one to talk about because he seems like kind of like the the chief dad of all trail families. I witnessed this when I was met him in Damascus and we all piled into his tent. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, how old you are, blah, 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 and what brought you to the trail? Hi, I'm Tick. I'm from Parksville, British Columbia. Uh, I'm normally a tin basher, but kind of quit that job for a while and decided to come hiking sold the house broke my truck just decided <laughs> you know what i'm at that point i gotta go do something grabbed half the gear i already had from before brought that down so i have a three-man tent alluding <laughs> to allowing other people to sleep in with me <laughs> we've had more i think uh, currently we're at eight but uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go for ten going for ten I think you can do it, man. I've seen your skills. So we're talking about trail family. Uh, you seem pretty like centered around trail family. Um, do you want to talk about kind of how you started? Because your story is really interesting. Um, how you started, kind of who you went through, and like where you're at right now. Sure. Uh, let's see. Well, when I was coming down here, I had made a bit of a plan, but upon getting off the Greyhound bus at Gainesville, I had no more plans. And I was wandering around aimlessly looking for a place to sleep for the night. And a white van pulls up, and a guy who goes by the name Creep leans out and says, Hey, you going to the hiker hostel tonight? Not knowing, I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe. He's like, well, 
if you didn't make a reservation, it's full. I'm like, oh, crud. So I go into the Super 6, and all of a sudden he kicks down the door just about and says, we got one bed, do you want it? I was like, sure. So I hopped in the Creeps van, <laughs> rolled back to the hostel. Upon getting there, I like met a bunch of guys like uh, Blastoise and Phoenix and a whole bunch of others, and one of them was Pocahontas, which the both of us got our trail names that night. And, like, got, I was undecisive whether or not I was going to start on Springer or do the approach. And Poke was the only person doing the approach, so she talked me into it. And, like, we've been hiking together all except two days for that. So we kind of had, like, the startings of, like, the first little family thing. Then, as we were going along, up Blood Mountain, I had Kodak pop out of nowhere. And me and him were hiking the exact same pace up that mountain. I had a rule. I wasn't allowed to take a single break, and he kept pace with me the whole way. So, like, the next month was, like, the three of us, and then we, like, picked up other randoms, like, one night. Well, we got separated after I got shin splints, so I couldn't slack as far as them, but they ended up having to, like, hike over Roan in the middle of the night to catch up to me for some weird reason. And after that, then Chief Two Stick showed up. He got added in, and other people have just cycled in and out, and... Right now, we're kind of in the biggest crowd I think we've had of, like, 11. It's a pretty good number. It's a good crew. It's hilarious. But it's just amazing hiking with a bunch of different people all the time. So, I've been asking this question, and I think it's pretty relevant. What do you think the major difference is? Well, first of all, just you can you tell me what your kind of definition of a trail family is? And then we'll go to the next question. Uh, trail family is, like, any group where you come together... And even if you don't hike together, you decide on a location later that day where you'll all meet up again and usually share a meal, which seems to be standard. That seems to be, like, the closest definition. And then sometimes it kind of, like, lasts longer and maybe you, like, try and actually catch each other and spend time in towns, that kind of stuff? Oh, big time. Like, some people will put out big miles to catch up to the family or, I don't know, for some reason I seem to be a bit of an epicenter. At times, and people will put out insane miles to catch up and hang out, and it's just like, you know, we went to sleep one night and woke up and Blackout's tent was set up. He had rolled in at midnight to catch up. He did a 28-miler, and he was like, holy crap, man, rest your feet, we'll see you tonight. <laughs> I guess that could be called tick blazing. Yeah, I think that's an appropriate term. I'm going to adopt that for the rest of the trail. <laughs> um, so, what do you think the major differences are between your regular family and friends in real life and your trail family uh trail family will put up with a lot more of my disgusting shit back home if i'm cutting on my feet to take off chunks and stuff people generally throw a conniption and tell me to get out of the kitchen <laughs> out here there's no kitchen so people just turn and look away what other kind of crazy stuff do you see? Like, I've been asking people what behavior trail family tends to do in front of each other as opposed to other regular family. Oh, uh, pee break blockades. So, like, you know, if you got a girl in the group, it's like, uh, I need to pee. So then one guy will run up ahead of the trail. One guy goes back a ways on the trail, and you just stare. And it's like, hey, guys, look to the left or look to the right for anyone who comes by just to afford some privacy. Otherwise, I don't know, I guess for me, the big thing is my life's pretty similar to trail life normally. I, you know, kind of one of those lackadaisy friendly people. But uh, out here, it's hilarious some of the things you do. Uh, what's another good one? Well, the shelter sleeping. I've spooned with a lot of random people. <laughs> uh, most notably, a 67-year-old man where I woke up in the middle of the night and he had big spooned me and I guess I just went with it. <laughs> You're also known for your uh, foot rubs. Is that true? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm a bit of a 
serial massagist. <laughs> and it's a habit that no one will ever try and cure you of. It's just a brutal addiction and everyone's just willing to feed it. My God, do you want to get some of that? Um, yeah, we should take a break real quick because there's trail magic. Uh, so we're going to get that and then I'm going to finish interviewing Tick. Yeah, I want, I want a peach. <laughs> hey, this is Kimchi and I'm back with Tick. Uh, we just had some really, really nice trail magic. Tick, do you want to talk about this real quick? Uh, yeah, so we were waiting to get slack packed for a nice 12 mile section and this nice girl rolls by and is like do you guys need anything and i've ran out of wraps and bread and anything to put my mountain of condiments i'd bring with me on so i've been drinking ranch dressing most of the day and i was like actually if i could get a loaf of bread she's like i also could bring you guys non-brown water because we got a lot of swamp runoff in this area so we're drinking brown water half the time and so like all of a sudden she comes back and she's brought cherries blueberries water loaf of bread and a half and all of a sudden my buddy's dad who's slack packing with us he shows up and he brought us deli sandwiches <laughs> and oh and more importantly she brought beer and oh victory beer victory beer it's good stuff get that um and we've just been picking out for a good 20 minutes now putting our packs together for the slack it's been amazing uh, I wish this had happened more often, but you know what? The north has been really heavy with the really sincere trail magic. It's been awesome. Do you want to describe what trail magic is? I know we're supposed to be talking about trail families, but trail magic is a really important part of the trail, and uh, it's something that's pretty amazing. So why don't you quickly tell us about that? Uh, trail magic is really cool. Um, it's when people who have either through hiked before... Or in the south, for some reason, First Baptist churches have an unconsolable need to feed hikers. Uh, they just come to the trail and they bring you food and water or, like, supplies. And you can just, like, talk with them. It actually really builds the trail families a lot because it gives you, like, that classic meal. Everyone hangs out. Everyone's happy and just passing things around. It's amazing. And lots of times, people you meet in your trail families here or there... You'll meet up with them later, or friends or family of them will come out and perform trail magic for everyone. It's amazing. Like uh, We're actually going to get another one from a guy we aquablazed with 90 miles, and his mom is sitting on the border, apparently, doing trail magic. So we're really excited to like hit another one in two miles. We're just This is fat day. We're having no packs, and we're eating all this great food. It's awesome. Who would have ever thought that New Jersey would be so great? Everyone always talks about how it's the armpit of the country, and you, you're Canadian, so you probably don't know. But um, what we we left off talking about trail families, and you're like I said, you're kind of like the dad. You're like the big dad of trail families, or like the guru of trail families. You sort of bring people together. How many people would you guess were at this uh, road crossing where we just got a lot of trail magic? Okay, um, well, our 8 Balls crew, which we got branded by someone at a beach, was there, which that's uh, it's actually nine people, but eight guys and a girl, so we got called the 8 Ball crew. Uh, then uh, we got some other friends who showed up. Uh, Kiki has a couple friends, which they're actually phenomenal hikers. So we got another two there, so that puts 11, and then we got Chief Two Sticks, his dad and brother here, so that pops us up to... Uh, 13 and kimchi makes us 14 this is a big crowd 
14 people all getting fed with great snacks and great things the trail always provides. I think the last thing I was talking about was like habits that you tend to do uh, with with people on the trail that you don't do in real life, but you basically told us that you kind of do these things in general, which is probably why you're sort of a giant magnet for people. That being said, and I know you have to get going with your slack pack, uh, do you want to basically say like what the benefits are of hiking with a trail family versus hiking alone? Oh, the... Um immeasurably emotional support is everything you everyone has down days everyone you know what you start walking your feet will be hurting if you're hiking with even one other person you can just look up and like they'll take the lead for a bit or you'll take the lead for a bit and just give that extra bit of motivation to get down the trail otherwise like camp life if you're by yourself is like you know what you can have some excellent moments where you just introvert and think and you reason through these important things in your life and it's amazing and everyone should do that on the trail but at the same time sitting down at camp with a whole bunch of people laughing telling jokes like we're a bunch of nerds in most of this group so we're gonna be playing dungeons and dragons later and uh it's gonna be awesome (laughs) it's just like you know what you get all these different experiences and when you meet people all of a sudden you get hookups like i got to spend three days in philly without pretty much spending a dime just on family members of people i've hadn't met and it was just all kinds of amazing i think you're definitely like the quintessential uh symbol of why trail family is so great um you brought all of us together in damascus for sure uh Again, I know you got to go. So why don't you tell me the basics? What are your favorite parts about hiking the Appalachian Trail? What things weren't you expecting? Um, what have you gained from it? And what maybe were your biggest challenges? Uh, I'm going to start with what I wasn't expecting. I was actually expecting six months of straight solitude. That's what I came out here expecting. I didn't. I come from Vancouver Island on the other side of the continent, so I had no idea what I was expecting. Um, that was a huge surprise, just the camaraderie and everything. More or less, the biggest challenges have kind of been humidity. I'm not used to humidity at all. Chafe is the (laughs) all-encompassing devil around every corner. He is the Jabberwocky. He will, you know, I get Chafe in places that I didn't know you could get Chafe. Uh, Other people I'm with have been getting Chafe. We've been yelling things in the woods to verify situations between the trail family that normally, if you yell butt lube really loud... People will think one thing, but it means a totally different thing in the trail. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, just like the basic thing I can say is like, the trail is amazing. You can meet the most incredible people of your life on here. You just gotta be really open and honest with people, and people will just flock around and you'll have an incredible time. At the same time, you always gotta take moments for yourself, which is huge. Word on the street is that you're uh, starting a commune in Canada. Is that is that real? Uh, somewhat. I have to go work north of the Arctic Circle for this winter, and then I'm <laughs> thinking of doing some more hiking, but I'm going to be starting up a farmstead, and I'm going to be building some extra little tiny homes on it, and I'll be drafting anyone who has some skills into it. I'm hoping some of the people I've been hiking with will join up on it. It'll be awesome. <laughs> I've got two chickens to start with and, like, 50 seeds, so i got a ways to go. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot, Tick. I really appreciate you talking to me. Uh, I know you got to get going. Uh, if you have to give any advice to anyone who's getting out there on the trail or anyone in general, what would you say? You know what? Uh, pick one thing that you're really comfortable with. For me, that was my three-man tent. Uh, I've I met my first grizzly in that thing. I love that thing. It is stupidly overweight, and I hate it half the day. But at night, you know what? It's a comfort from home. So whatever you got, it doesn't have to be a tent. Like 
some people have like different things. I've seen people with teddy bears out here and stuff. Just bring one thing that is quintessentially you, bring it along with you, and that way you're always you out here. Thanks so much, Dick. Uh, I'm Kimchi and I'm out. This is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail. I just pretty much ran to catch up with Pocahontas, who I met a long time ago at Trail Days, and uh, this is probably the last time I'm going to see her until I start southbounding, so I'm really excited that I get a chance to talk to her. Um, you want to introduce yourself and tell us how old you are and where you're from and how you wound up on the trail? I'm Pocahontas. I'm 23 years old from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and I my first hike on the trail was two years ago. Um, a lot of stuff was kind of going wrong in my life, and I went on a hike and realized that nature became kind of like therapy for me and was my outlet. That's awesome. So you didn't complete the trail then, right? Not yet. Um, so now you're back out to do a full-on through hike. Yes. I started March 28th. And when do you think you might be done? I was originally hoping to be done on my birthday, September 7th, but looking at where I am now, I'll probably be a little bit after that. So, um, this episode we're talking about trail family, and who better to talk to than you? It seems like you've had a couple of different people. (laughs) I know you had the same person, same person since the start of the trail, and um, I'd like to talk to you about that as well, but... What do you think the benefits... Actually, I want to hear what your definition of a trail family is first, because uh, for people who don't through-hike, they don't really know what that means. Um, do you want to Do you want to say what trail family is? Okay, so to me, trail family, basically people who you connect with. Like, I think after basically a day, tra- uh, Tick became part of my trail family. Like, he was my first trail family member, I guess you would say. Like, on the first day, it was immediately like freezing on the first night and we ended up sleeping in his tent because it was a huge this huge tent that's like a three-person tent and um after that when we met Kodak we kind of just like started hiking with him and a trail family is basically like when you're just so connected with people and you're it's I don't know you're like super comfortable and it happens like so right away and you don't even realize it until you don't see them for like a day and the next day you're like oh my god where have you been <laughs> so how does a regular trail family uh differ from your your like a trail family how does that differ from like your real family in real life well your trail family you get to pick you can leave <laughs> them in the morning if you want to um but real family you're not I feel like even out here, I'm more comfortable with these guys than even with some of my real family. What do you, I'm like, what do you think makes it that way? Um, I think because I, <laughs> I see them like literally every second of every day. I don't think me and Tick have separated more than two days this whole time. We've literally been living together for the past almost four months now. And so also for some other people out there, they might not understand. So Tick is a guy, Pocahontas is a girl. Um, you guys are not involved in any intimate way, right? Not at all, no. So for most people in the outside world, they might say, how the hell does this happen? Like, what do you think makes that different being in this trail world than in the outside world? Like, how do you think relationships differ? Well, even on the trail, some people think that, which is kind of gets to me sometimes because it's like I came out here alone to do this by myself and people automatically assume that I'm with the guy that I'm hiking with. And it's like, no, I came out here, like, I can do this, I'm an independent woman. But um, I think out here, like, you just get to a different level of comfortability that in the real life, when you get to that level, it's kind of like, okay, like, it gets more intimate. But out here, like, it's more about 
almost survival. <laughs> I think that's really true. So what what things do you notice that you do around your trail family that you definitely don't do around normal people or even your friends in real life? Um, they've seen me pee and poop. <laughs> um, I fart around them. All the good bodily fluids. Um, I mean, it's a lot easier to talk to them, I feel like. Probably because you're surviving with them on a daily basis. Um, so how many trail families have you changed so far? Like, how many different ones do you think you've had? Uh, so first it was just me and Tick, and then it was me, Tick, and Kodak. And then Kodak left us, and we had kind of another little group. And then half of us got split up, and we had another group. So it's like four, and now we have... Then, we, then it was just me and Tick again for a little bit. And we were in kind of like a different bubble, which is always weird when you're in a new bubble because you're kind of like the outcast for a little bit. And like, I mean, I'm sure you know right now what that's like. But um, yeah, you like almost it's almost like coming into a new clique and like, huh. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so now I have this new bubble that we're in right now or new trail family, which is like eight guys plus me. <laughs> Yeah, she's the only one, but I mean, I hate to say it, I also haven't been meeting too many women in general who are still on the trail. Um, I have met a couple, but uh, I've noticed that, and it was the same for me when I was in a family before it was me and like four dudes or me and like six dudes, like you just wind up, and they all wind up protecting you and like being bigger brother, crazy town stuff. Um, what do you think, uh, what do you think the benefits are of being of being in a trail family versus like hiking solo? Well... For me in New Jersey, I was really afraid of bears, so that was a plus. Um, I came really close to a bear in New Jersey last year, and that kind of freaked me out. And um, besides that, you have, like, the whole support system. Like, you have your mental support at the end of the day when you're just so tired. You just did, like, 20-something miles, and you just want to crash. And you have all these people around you who basically just did the same thing, and they know exactly what you just went through. And nobody else can really feel that way except for people on the trail and whoever is there with you I think that's good uh it's funny because Pocahontas was very hesitant to let me interview her and she's doing a great job um really excited to talk to her I'm really happy I caught her because I probably <laughs> won't see her again for a bit um so what I usually like to ask people is what do you think your favorite things about like maybe what's changed you what are your favorite things uh about being on the Appalachian Trail and maybe what are like some challenges or something you weren't necessarily expecting in a not and not in a positive way uh, for through hiking on the trail? Um, sometimes I think about like how I've changed so far and it's really hard to look at it because I feel like I'm still changing a lot and I don't think I'll really realize how much or what has changed until I'm done. But I have realized that I'm like more comfortable with myself like before I wore makeup, like, all the time, and now I'm just, like, barely even looking in a mirror. <laughs> um, what didn't I expect? Um, I mean, I really didn't expect there to be so many people, but that's really not negative, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just love the trail. Like, I love everything about it. I really can't think of anything... If you could just, like, describe one of your favorite places on the trail to someone who doesn't get to go out there, that would be really great. So, my favorite places are usually places that I've already been before. Like, 
Um, the first place that comes to mind was, it was either yesterday or the day before, um, I was at High Point State Park, which was my first day hike that I did, and it was so emotional for me because, like, that's what made me fall in love with the trail. Like, <laughs> that view up there and just that whole hike, the whole day, just being out in nature. But also, I mean... Even just now, like, I can't remember what day it is. <laughs> like, uh, things that happened yesterday feel like they happened a week ago, and things that happened a month ago feel like they just happened the other day. Like, time, there's no time out here. Like, everything just kind of has its own flow, and everything is by nature, really. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, so if you had to give any kind of advice to anyone out there, or you want to say anything to anyone out there in general who hikes or doesn't hike, what would you say? Be prepared. I did a lot of research. I had a, somebody to talk to at REI who helped me big time. And without him, I don't think I would be as prepared as I was for this. Do your research and don't give up. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks a lot, Pocahontas. Super, super appreciate it. And I'm Kim Chi and I'm out. Hey, this is Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail. And I'm sitting here with Chief. I'm going to talk to Chief about his idea of trail family and kind of like what his trail family's been like and if they've changed or who they are and so forth and so on. So I'm going to let him introduce himself. Why don't you tell us uh, what your name is, where you're from, how old you are, and what brought you to the AT? Um, so my government name is Chris O'Neill. Um, my full trail name is Chief Big Cat, Jersey Cat Gangsta Two Sticks, a.k.a. the Damascus Flasher, a.k.a. Uh, Old Mustard Pockets, a.k.a. Nimble Grasper. Oh, my God. I am from Milburn, New Jersey, Tree City, Ilburn, and um, I was in a place in my life where I didn't have a lot of things going on, and I was like, why don't I hike? That'd be fun. Yeah, sure. Nice. How old are you? 23. Oh, you're a young buck. So, why don't you... Let's talk a little bit about trail family. Uh, for a lot of people who don't hike... Or even people who do hike, some people don't even know what it is. Do you want to explain kind of in really easy terms what trail family is? I'd say trail family is people who, when you see them in a shelter, you get excited. You know, you people who you choose to hike with for a long extended period of time. People who you look for in logbooks. Um, people who, they're, they're really the people you will remember on your hike and the people you're probably going to end up contacting later on in your hike. So, how many, have you had like a kind of consistent trail family? Did you start by yourself? How's this working out for you? I started solo. Um, I ended up very quickly hiking with about nine other solo hikers. We called ourselves the squad. <laughs> that lasted until about the Smokies. We got separated because of horrible, horrible weather, as happens. And I ended up being sort of a solo hiker for a while. I, was, I, I consider myself somewhat of a floater. I'll bounce between groups for the most part. And I've been hiking, but I have been hiking with some pretty consistent groups since Virginia. I tend to stick with, like, the younger crowd, the 23-year-olds. All the 23-year-olds like to stick together. You know, I've been with Kiki and all them recently. Uh, we did a Aquablaze trip together, and all of those kids, if I see them, I'll stick with them. Behind us, we have the choir boys. I like hiking with them a lot. Basically, just there are, there are other groups of people. I don't really say I have a consistent trail family, but I have these little groups that I like hiking with. And if, I, if I'm not around them, I'll either, you know, try to catch up to them or stop and wait. The remnant of the squad is trying to catch up to me. 
but we'll see how how that works out. I don't know. I got to keep hiking, you know. Hike your own hike, hike right? Your own hike. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, the hike your own hike thing, I think trail families actually tend to sort of change that hike your own hike mentality. Um, last year when I was on the PCT, I noticed that with my trail family, sometimes I'd slow down drastically just to spend time with them. Definitely get sidetracked. Definitely zero in towns and like just party mm -hmm. a little bit too much just to keep spending time with them. Do you notice that like you said you're a floater, so it seems like maybe you don't do that as much. But do you notice that like maybe you changed some of your habits or maybe you've had a different experience because you're with your trail family? So the way that I hiked Pennsylvania was I did not take zeros. I did not stop. I just went really fast. Um, and the idea there was I knew I was going to stop in New Jersey because I live here. And I knew that I had people who I liked who were maybe a day or two ahead of me, and then people who I liked who were maybe a day or two behind me. So I knew if I got in front of all them, I could take those zeros and still be hiking with them. And I ended up, they ended up catching me and slackpacking. They all stayed at my house on Wednesday. So it worked out really well. I think I definitely do hike slightly differently. I have been pretty actively, Poke and Tick actually did try to absorb me into their trail family <laughs> and I adamantly refused. I don't want to be... Uh, we're, we're calling ourselves the eight ball crowd now, so we kind <laughs> of have a trail family going. But yeah, I, I don't think... I think it has changed the way I hike, for sure. I'll take zeros if I see like that there's a big group of people I like in a place. You know, I'm hiking with the intention of having fun, uh, not with the intention of just doing this thing as quickly as possible. So I think and part of the having fun is definitely the people. And a lot of that is actually definitely the people. So, yeah, it's definitely changed my hike. That being said, why don't you give people kind of an example of just some things that happen, like, with a trail family. Like, how trail family sort of differs from your regular in-real-life family. Ah, gosh. Um, it's just... All this stuff has become so normal that it's hard to even think about it. But I suppose Tick has a tendency to peel his foot near my food... <laughs> And I think when you're hiking, too, you get a lot closer in terms of the things that you talk about. When you're actually physically walking, your filter just goes away. <laughs> so I've had some pretty in-depth conversations with Giggly Goose recently that I don't think I've talked to, like, anyone in my real family about ever. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't love my real family, but just that there's some barriers there that might not... Well, they're probably going to listen to this, aren't they? Maybe. No, I mean, like, this is the whole... This is the entire point. Like, yeah. you're so close with your regular family in real life, and, you know, you guys, like, with my but sisters... I've been close with them for, you know, 20-something years. I have known... The, the, I think the longest I've known any of these people is maybe three months, three and a half months maximum. So, and, you know, like, if I see... I, I'm pretty sure if I saw any from anyone I started hiking with, it would be, like, a tearful, you know, hugging and crying and, oh, my God, kind of reunion. <laughs> and, you know, that with your real family... I see my little brother, and we're just like, hey, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> and then we do wrestle, usually. But I think, yeah, there's a different sort of intensity of things that go on. Why? Why do you think that is? Like, this is something I've been trying to sort of get, I guess, get out of people for a while. Uh, I mean, I guess I know why I think it's that way. But why do you think maybe people out here, like three weeks in trail time, is like almost a year in regular time? Why do you think that is? Well, you think about, you know, in real the real world, if or real world, if you uh, meet someone and you say like, oh, I met him three weeks ago, that means that you had a couple of casual interactions. You know, maybe you see each other around whatever environment you hang around in, 
you know, there's a lot, a lot of, uh, most of your time is not spent around that person. If you said that you'd been hiking around someone for three months, that meant that for the last three, three weeks or three months or whatever, you've been around this person constantly. <laughs> like, even when they're going to the bathroom. I've had to tell people, like, don't go over there, there's someone pooping. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's a lot more intimacy that goes on there, and there's a lot more of a sort of intense relationship, and you have to rely on each other a lot more. And you learn, you know, you can't hide, you can't bull crap anybody. Because it just it, it'll come out. It'll come out very quickly if you're lying to people about stuff like that. And I don't think that's the same necessarily in normal society. I think you're right. I mean, uh, definitely when you're surviving together every single day, it seems like you tend to have like the good and the bad. Especially you know if you're walking through rain for five days straight, and then you have a sunny day and you're with someone, it's kind of like the best thing ever. Yeah. And then there's also, it's it's definitely the best thing ever if that happens, and you, it's it's really great running into people you haven't seen in a while, it's, it's really it, I don't know. I think that's a good way to put it. So you, that being said, you're, you're floating around a lot, uh, do you think, you know, do you think, like, more is better, do you feel, like, more connected to certain people, or you're just kind of like a, a family man all around, I guess? I think it gives me a little bit more of a varied experience of the trail and I think it also has to do with the fact that it's incredible it's ideally I think if it wasn't so high impact we could have everybody I liked hiking at the same time everywhere you know so like maybe 20 people at every shelter but but that's not gonna happen people are gonna separate you know today me and a couple other guys are going to go down to New York City and I'm pretty sure about half the group is going to not want to do that. We're going to split, and hopefully I'll catch them up sometime. Maybe I won't. That's the hike-your-own-hike angle. It, you know, I can't do that without it. Um, but I think that the way it affects my experience, I guess, is that it, it makes it so it's a little more varied, a little wider. I get to see everyone I like more often, maybe. I can pick and choose, oh, you know, I like these guys, I'm going to hang back a little bit. Or, oh, they're only a couple days ahead, if I hike really fast and hard. That's always the worst one, though. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, i got to catch them. <laughs> and, like, they get a day ahead, and that means... But, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to tell everyone when they leave, like, take a zero, do it. Just just take zeros. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I think it definitely widens the experience to float. I think people... I remember in the end of Tennessee and beginning of Virginia, there were a bunch of groups that I ran into that were really just incredibly stressed because parts of their trail family wanted to hike very fast and parts of them wanted to hike really, you know, at a slower pace. And I just started telling them, like, well, maybe you should break up. <laughs> I started trying to be a homewrecker and split them apart. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think it's important to be, if you love something, let it go, right? So I think it's important to be able to say, hey, we'll see each other later, you know, I'll miss you, but you have to, if you want to hike fast, you hike fast, I can't do that. But I think floating is a good thing. <laughs> I think that's a really good point, actually. I think a lot of people will tend to, like, sort of sacrifice the happiness of their own hike to keep up with people, um, and sometimes they will sacrifice the happiness of their own hike to, like, stay slow. So, I don't know. Yeah, I've... you get these groups of just, like, three really angry hikers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not ideal. Just, come on, guys, hike your own hike. I was told that on the first day. <laughs> 
you mentioned something because uh, we, whenever I interview people, they tend to throw around terms like it's really nothing. And yeah, that's I, not necessarily something people will know. Um, Aquablaze is oh, a good Aquablaze. one. So what I'm I wondering if you can just explain because even PCT hikers don't know what the heck that is. So uh, if you want to tell me real quick what an Aquablaze is, uh, Aquablaze is derived from the Spanish Aguablaze, <laughs> um, and it's um, the AT has the good fortune to run by. Uh, northbound, the beautiful Shenandoah River, the beautifully low Shenandoah River. Uh, it's essentially you can canoe along portions. Some people think that uh, because you're not hiking the trail, it's not technically doing the AT. Uh, it is self-propelled, though, so I'd say it still counts. It's a lot of fun. And in terms of trail family, it's interesting because aquablazing, you are forced to be with this group. You cannot separate from this group. You have to go with them for the next week. So I think we definitely got pretty tight. I was with Kiki and Poke and Tick on that Aqua Blaze, so that was a nice little bonding experience. <laughs> um, and a couple, there was actually about 13 of us on that, and I'd say that was a really good trail family, and we're all pretty close now. And I, I don't think that's something about the trails you don't have that forced uh, togetherness that you'd get, let's say, from doing an Aqua Blaze or living on a submarine. Um, or being in the army, any of those good forced togetherness exercises. That's that's what an aqua place is, though. Uh, all right. So <clears throat> I like to ask people this kind of same question at the end of the interview. What do you think your favorite parts of being on the AT have been, and maybe what do you think have been like some or, some of the bigger challenges, or maybe something you haven't really liked as much, or something you weren't expecting? Um, favorite parts of being on the AT, the two prettiest parts are Roan Highlands and uh, Grayson Highlands. So if you want to go hike for beautiful spots, do that. The most uh, entertaining hike is Lehigh Gap. That's uh, about 500 feet of bouldering there and some of the nicest trail in northern Pennsylvania, which isn't saying much. It's a terrible place to hike. <laughs> favorite things about the AT, um, just the things that you run into in, out, off the trail are always awesome. A lot of my favorite things about hiking the trail are things that don't happen on the trail. Uh, you run into really cool people in town, really cool events, just cool stuff. Biggest challenges? Right now is probably actually the most difficult time for me hiking because I'm hiking... Everything before this was hiking to home. Everything after this is now hiking away from home. Um, so getting out of New York is going to be hard. But yeah, overall, I I think... The people have definitely made it a lot easier. Just the trail experience is not what I thought it would would be, but in in the the way it is, it makes it actually a lot easier. Just that I'm not alone in the woods all the time. You know, I love hiking, I love camping, but I think I'd be eventually tired of solitude. Nice. Well, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit here and do this interview with me. Is there anything that you would say to people out there who are listening, who are maybe thinking about through hiking? don't really think they can do it any kind of words of advice or wisdom or anything like that or even just the people who are listening to this in their offices just just do it if you're thinking about it don't worry about it too much buy a backpack and do it uh you will learn everything you need to know in the first week or two um i was drastically underprepared and i'm here now people in your offices uh i hope you have a good day <laughs> i hope work is going well and i hope you're productive and a good member of society Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Chief. Uh, definitely appreciate that interview. Um, when do you think you're going to get to Katahdin? I'm just going to ask you that as the last question. Before the park closes. Which is? October 23rd now. Is it uh, they, they've extended it, yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I'd like to be there before that. 
but you know, uh, late September, we'll say. Nice. It'll be cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again for the interview, and I'm Kimchi, and I'm out. All right. So, this is Kimchi with Sound to the Trail. And this is part three. <laughs> also with Sound to the Trail. So, yeah, do you want to... <laughs> so, Trail Family in general is... Um, it's it's so different than a regular family. And I think when I was interviewing people while I was walking on the Appalachian Trail, I actually asked a question to people that was something like, how does how does Trail Family how is it different from like your traditional regular family and how is it different from just a regular friendship? So I kind of want to ask you that question to see what your answer is going to be to it. And then I almost, I wouldn't mind saying my own definition of that, but what do you, what do you think your answer would be? Part three. I think it has a lot to do with kind of how the, the, the relationships form and it's, it's totally unique from other friendships. And I mean, your family, you're, you're born into your family and your friends, you kind of meet through similar interests and I think the PCT or hiking in general is a lot like that too but I think that there's there's so many people you meet along the way and there are only a few that you really bond with and you kind of know right off the bat there's this kind of there's this feeling I don't know it's kind of like you're recognizing someone you already know and it's so organic and natural you kind of just you're you're hiking together and then you're really hiking together where you're kind of making plans <laughs> together kind of all of a sudden and it just happens, which is really cool. I think, I kind of think of it like falling in love almost. Like, uh, it is. <laughs> you just know. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is. It's kind of funky. Like, you, you kind of date people. You're like, hey, like, do you want to come to town with me? <laughs> Well, I mean, and not only that, it's like so platonic because you you're surviving with someone, so it's it's almost like an accelerated relationship, you know, because you 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 have a feeling like in your heart almost where you just know that you want to be with this person and be around this person, and it's not even like a sexual thing or like a physical thing or anything. You just know that you like being with this person and. So you kind of look forward to surviving with them on a on a day to day basis, and then yeah, you like ask them if they want to go to town with you, and then you're you're like most likely going to like share a hotel room with them and other trail family that you've created, and two or three of you are going to be sleeping in the same bed. You're all going to smell terrible. You're going to explode your packs together. It's like accelerated relationship time, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's also almost you're you're almost you're desperate for the. Uh, the really the intimate connection you kind of you spend all day alone you're away from your family especially right when you start they form the bonds form really quick because you're so isolated and you're really craving that that personal connection with people and so when you're given an opportunity it's almost like you're it's you're scared to you have separation anxiety almost you don't want to be apart from the people that you become friends with so stick together and before you know it you've been sticking together for a while and there's no reason to separate yeah it's i mean it's the i think the way a big way that it differentiates between a regular family and a lot of other hikers said this during the interview was um obviously you can choose you can choose the people that become your trail family that's number one and number two it's number two this is going to be funny because it's going to relate to this a lot (laughs) I mean, you you can talk about pooping with these people. You can poop in front of these people. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's 
it's so intimate. It's so crazy. Uh, it is. It's almost like dating someone without any of the sex or anything like that. You're just completely yourself in front of this person, and it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, somebody will be, you know, cleaning their feet right next to you while you're making a pasta side. Yep. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, man, do you want me to boil you some water while you're doing that? <laughs> yep. You know, um, or you'll wind up sharing a tent with some other person, some other burly, dirty person just because it's freezing cold and you're soaking wet. And you end up, like, sleeping in a tent with someone that you just met three weeks ago, but you can never imagine, like, you can't even imagine them not being by your side, you know? I know. Exactly. I mean, it's, I'm currently hiking with a group of five, and we've kind of joined forces at different points, but it's kind of grown to five in the, the past week or so, but... Uh, just yesterday, I walked around the corner, and one of my buddies was in the middle of taking a number two right <laughs> near the trail, and <laughs> he looked over his shoulder at me and just kind of said, oh, I'm pooping. And <laughs> we it, kind of freakishly, it's we bonded a little bit over. <laughs> I mean, part three, one of, the, one of my favorite days with you, and I feel terrible bringing this up, was when we were... <laughs> We're in the Sierras, we're on the John Muir Trail, and I was behind you uh, pretty far. You're going down the Golden Staircase, and uh, <laughs> I think you had, like, a really bad stomach problem that day. But I like yep. get I get down to you, and you're just so angry and so annoyed, and the first thing you're telling me is basically that you almost, like, cracked your pants, and you're describing it to me, and that's, like, a totally normal, normal thing, you know? It's like oh, man, I'm sorry you feel so bad. Can I get you water? Like, are you okay? But it's just like a super normal thing. I mean, I yeah. think I think I told you about how many I barfed, like, twice on the way up to, uh, I don't even know, Pincho Pass. I almost yeah. called it that. <laughs> you know, but, like, you just you just become so so close with the people that you're hiking with because you're, you're surviving together every day. Um so it doesn't really matter. Like you probably will see these people naked and it's not a big deal. There's no, I feel like I keep putting this in there, but for the most part, there's just like no sexualization of your relationship yeah. because you're just so close. But you're, and you're going through these moments of like sharing these painful, really like not, I get, yeah, painful, uncomfortable, like you're, you're kind of going through it together and you're bonding over that, but you're also going through it like, a lot of the humorous experiences and that really like that day you were talking about when I was going down the staircase and had a bit of stomach issues. Um, I had gone down and I was just at the bottom and I was starting to feel all right. And I fell into a river and <laughs> soaked myself from the waist down. And I was sitting on the side of the river, just hating my life. And one of our friends, short rib who kimchi started with actually, um, he came up behind me and just scared the living crap out of me, just screamed in my ear. <laughs> and I was just, like, so angry and so, like, upset at what was going on with my day. But I had to start laughing, and I was just telling them, like, man, I'm just having the worst day. But, you know, we were able to laugh, and he was able to make me laugh in the midst of all that. I think, yeah, I mean, with the Trill family, you really you really do go through some of the worst worst things together, but you also, I guess this is a big part of it, you experience some of the most beautiful things in your entire life with someone that you don't know so well. So I think that yeah. also, like, makes you so close with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think me, it was you, me, avocado, short rib, and shrugs. And we found that great camp spot. Well, avocado found it. We that great camp spot where we sat on that rock and watched mm-hmm. the sunset. Do you remember that? Yep. And I just felt so happy to be with you guys. Yeah. It's really like a band of brothers, you know. You you're really all bonded but really so uniquely and it happened then and it, it it's funny how it it grew our group kind of grew and shrank um around the kind of the core few of us. But I think that moment again happened in uh Chester last year. We all stayed uh-huh. at my grandparents' cabin and there was eight of us. God, and I think that, there there are more than eight of us. Oh, well, maybe you're right. But that that group of eight of us, we skipped up to Ashland together because of the fires, and that group pretty much stuck together the entire state of Oregon. I mean, there's like 500 miles of all of us bonded, and like we were gonna we were gonna make it together at that point. Which is, I think this is a kind of a big deal, too, to talk about. Um, you mentioned this really early on, but when you do have a trail family, you say something like, hey, do you want to go to town with me? But you also start to, <laughs> it's almost like long-term planning when you're in a relationship with someone. You start to make sacrifices for each other, and sometimes mm-hmm. you push, you'll like push yourself a lot harder for somebody just to spend time with them. Uh, yep. you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than you and I really wanted to stay with you and I knew I could physically push myself to keep up with you and you kind of were sacrificing your, you know, same thing. You could have gone way faster than us, but you like brought your pace down just to like kind of keep everyone together and, um, even with scheduling and stuff, you know, you're like, well, I'm going to, I want to do this, but I want to stay with these guys. So everybody kind of like works together, which is crazy with eight people, Uh, who don't have any real schedule. It's not like we're going to work or anything like that. It's not like we live in the same place. Like, we're literally adhering to each other and, like, changing things about ourselves and our bodies just to sort of stay with each other. And I think that's pretty crazy uh, that the trail can make people do stuff like that. And it does – I mean, the the trail is a great teacher, and it did the exact opposite to me pretty soon after that. I mean, for a while, I was the one that could have gone ahead. And then as soon as we started Oregon, I had really bad IT band issues, and I was all of a sudden went from the fastest person in the group to the slowest person in the group. And I experienced the other side of that, and I experienced all of you guys waiting for me and trying to make sure that I was doing all right, and me really pushing myself to a physical limit to keep up with everyone just because I couldn't really stand the thought of falling behind and losing the whole group. God, and even that, like, I think, you know, that's a really great sort of example of trail family. So, part of three and I both had really bad IT band issues. Um, both of us actually had to get off the trail, and I actually pulled my groin muscle and had hiked for a long time with it, and, and part three's knee was pretty, pretty jacked up from his IT band issue. At one point, our family is ridiculous, but, like, <laughs> I have this, like, hilarious, like, vivid memory, basically, of you and I both laying on the ground <laughs> on the trail. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. We're, mm-hmm. both, <laughs> we're both, like, completely sprawled out on the ground, on the trail, and we're trying to stretch our bodies out. And two of the people who we're hiking with, who Connor, I mean, Parsley and I happen to be involved with, you know, trail sort of 
relationship sort of a thing. But those people were stretching us out on the trail while the other people were hiking us were basically like cheering us on and making fun of us. So (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a situation like that where you can imagine like your trail family, they always have your back. And they kind of help you get through the best and worst of things. And, yeah, they wait for you. If you if you can't keep up, they'll wait for you because they want to spend time with you. And yeah. It's, and going back to the, the, the long, like the relationship analogy, I think it's, it's like when you're first starting to get into that serious relationship, you don't necessarily, like, you're not going to, like, go and bring up, like, oh, well, what are we going to do so far down the line? You kind of just, like, want to focus on what's going on right there. And you kind of just ignore it for the sake of preserving whatever's going on. So we're, I remember vividly being like, well, look, this is not going to all work out. Like, we're not all going to be able to keep this up for the rest of the trail and finish. But everyone was so willing to just put that aside and focus on today and sticking together today and enjoying what we had then and kind of not worrying about necessarily what that meant further down the line, whether it was scheduling issues or what have you. Yeah. I mean, I think, and that's, that's kind of the magic of it, you know, because trail family relationships can last maybe three weeks, you know, but like those three weeks can be the most intense, close relationship that you'll have. I had, Oh God, I had like one of the best trail families this year on the Appalachian Trail, and I still get so, I get so sad because I miss these guys, but I was with Ganjaman and Space Cadet and Yogi, and it was the four of us, and we were just, we were just so tight, you know, and we were so mm-hmm. close, but it, it was only for two and a half or three weeks that we were together, but it felt like, I felt like we were all together for years. Well, I think that about does it for this interview. Uh, yeah. We can, we can shine off. All right, well, this is part three. And I'm Kimchi. And we're signing off. (laughs) (laughs) Trail families and friendships are so different for every hiker. Who knows who will cross your path, be thrown in your direction by injuries or trail closures, or who you're going to lose to extra zero days in town, or just different hiking speeds. Regardless, to all you through hikers out there, You know I love you all. Happy hiking. Until next week, this is Sounds of the Trail. On the big rock candy mountain, you never have to change your socks. And little streams of alcohol come a-trickling through the rocks. Railroad bowls at the tip of their hats and railroad bowls are all blind. There's a little lake of stew and a whiskey too. You can paddle on around it in your big canoe on the big rock candy mountain.